This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We use active skin repair all the time in our household. We call it the magic spray. We use it for so many things, but it came in hot recently when Sage fell and busted open his lip and we had our first trip to urgent care for stitches. And now with all the bumps and scrapes that come with summertime, it is very much on the scene. In fact, Mila, my five-month-old, recently got a little cut on her finger and Sage noticed it first and he was like, Mama, I'll go grab the magic spray. He was so jazzed to be able to do it and help her and be a part of it. It's become a staple in our household. You can visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's code VILLAGE for 20% off your order at activeskinrepair.com. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode 193. In this episode, we're chatting about why kids lie. What's the driver behind it? And how do we respond in a way that's emotionally supportive and truly gets to the root of it? For many of us, lying can bring up triggers from our own childhood, social programming, and maybe what we learned about lying or experiences we had around lying. We'll chat about how this might come up and what to do about those parts and how to tend to those parts of yourself so that you can show up for the tiny human in front of you. All right, folks, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Lying can feel so triggering for us as adults because we carry narratives around what that means based off of our childhood, our social programming. We have often been told that lying's bad and that you're not supposed to lie. And yet it's so developmentally appropriate. And so today I'm going to dive into both the research And what do we know about brain development and when lying generally starts and also why it might be happening and how we can respond in order to foster a relationship of trust and security rather than from a place of punishment where we see increased lying. There is a study done that looked at the relationship between children's like telling of lies and their social and cognitive development. They looked at children ages three to eight years old and they were told to not peek at a toy. The toy underneath this cloth was Barney, the purple dinosaur. Most of the children peeked at the toy and then later lied about the peeking. 
But the subsequent like verbal statements, things that they said afterwards were not always consistent with their initial denial. I'm laughing because I can like picture this, right? And they would like leak critical information. So for instance, they would say, the researchers would come back in and would say, did you peek at the toy? And kids would say, no. And they would say, who do you think the toy is? And the kids would say, Barney, (laughs) which they would only know if they'd peeked. And then the researchers would ask, like, how do you know that it's Barney? Or what makes you think that? And all of a sudden, these kids find themselves, like, kind of trapped in this lie, right? Where they're like, oh, shoot, that's right. I only know that because I peeked. Um, And it makes me chuckle because it's so classic. And I think when we can go in these into these early childhood years expecting this, that kids will lie and that it is developmentally appropriate because they can't control their impulses necessarily. We have an episode coming up with Dr. Anne-Louise Lockhart on impulse control specifically. But when kids are young, they don't have impulse control. It takes a lot of brain development to be able to see something and not do it. In fact, so many of us as adults struggle with that self-regulation. There's someone in my life who will say, I know I shouldn't say this, but... And I'm like, oh, nope, that's where impulse control comes in. Like, you can just stop there. Uh, They don't. They generally say what they... What, what what they think they're not supposed to say. Um, but anyway, I, so when we're looking at lying, first and foremost, I want to acknowledge that if a kid doesn't lie ever, I would be concerned about what they might be afraid of. Like, are they afraid of getting in trouble? Are they afraid of making somebody feel anxious? Are they afraid of disappointing you? Are they afraid of what might happen? Are they afraid of a punishment? Uh, Because we should see kids kind of play around with this developmentally. And we can respond in a way that doesn't uh, make it so that this is a lifelong skill of theirs that they cultivate, but rather something that they kind of test the waters with and see, like, what happens if I lie? What happens when I lie? What happens if I lie and nobody finds out? What happens if I lie and people do find out? It's kind of their job to explore this. So I want to first start there so that we all are going into this recognizing that if your kid is lying or has told lies, it's very developmentally appropriate. You know, you're playing shoots and ladders and a kid spins something and they realize they're going to land on the shoot instead of the ladder and they say like, oh no, I, I spun a four and they like, they lie about it. They lie about the number so they don't have to do the thing. We can acknowledge this, like, oh, are you feeling disappointed that you spun a three and that means you'll go down the chute? Ugh, it's a bummer. And then if they stick to it, like, no, no, I spun a four. We can, I would stay in that space of like, oh, I saw that it landed on three and it is really disappointing to go down the chute. Sometimes it feels really fun to be able to win games. It's exciting. It's not very fun to lose them. And if you go down the chute, you would be farther away from the end. And that's a bummer. You know, like we will see kids playing around with this. I feel like for so long... 
figuring out hormones and trying to maintain optimal hormone levels has just been up to us as individuals. And it's so incredible to have a company like Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, dedicated to making women's lives easier. They use only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women, and they make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. I was just chatting with a friend of mine who's entering into menopause, and we were just sharing about how hormones play a role for all of us. Hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that can put your life on hold. The biggest benefit that people have been reporting is feeling like themselves again. That's what people have mentioned over and over in their reviews, and there are over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code VILLAGE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code VILLAGE for 15% off today. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. If you are punished no matter what, then it's always worth it to lie. Because maybe if you lie, then they won't find out and you won't be punished. I want to choose connection over punishment. So if a kid lies to you and you know that they're lying. So I had, I was at the beach this summer and, um, a five-year-old comes running up to me and she was like telling on the six-year-old for having called her stupid. And I turned to him and I was like, oh, and as, as they're running up and she's yelling to me that he called her stupid, he is yelling at her and saying, I told you not to tell the adults, right? It's like, already kind of given himself away here. But I turned to him and I was like, oh man, you must be feeling really frustrated to call somebody stupid. And he was like, I didn't call her stupid. I didn't say it. And so he lies right to my face after I literally just heard him running up saying, I told you not to tell the adults. (laughs) And at this point, I can either say, I heard that and I know that you did call her stupid. 
or I can put one word against the other, or I could do what I did. I said, hey, bud, I'm not going to be mad at you. You're not in trouble for calling her stupid. You can always tell me, and I'm not going to be mad at you. If you're calling somebody stupid, that to me means that you're feeling something that feels so hard to feel that you need some help. And I always want to help you. I love you. So I said this to him and he looked at me kind of side-eyed like, is this a trick? (laughs) Am I going to actually be in trouble? And I was like, can you tell me more about what was happening so that I can figure out how to help? So I'm not focused on like, if you call her stupid, that'll hurt her feelings, et cetera. He already knows that. What he needs right now is support so that next time he can make a different decision. If I'm focused on punishing him for his behavior, it won't change the future. And when we're looking at child development, I'm always looking at what are we doing for the future? Not just now, but how do my reactions or responses to kids impact what this will look like for the future for them? What toolbox they'll have? And so when I focused instead on, can you tell me what was happening so that I can help you? He knows he's not in trouble now. And then he told me the scenario and what was happening. And I was like, oh, you still wanted to have a turn with that. And she took your shovel. He was building something really cool in the sand. And she said, like, the timer went off. It's my turn. And she grabbed the shovel. And he reacted by saying that she was stupid. And so I was like, man, you were still building something and she took the shovel. And he was like, yeah, and I wasn't even done. And the timer went off, but it wasn't even fair. And, you know, he's really just saying all of all of the words that came after this was, I feel disappointed because my turn with the shovel was over and I wasn't done with what I was building. And so my job here is to focus on that feeling of disappointment so that he can learn what to do with it instead. So I told him, I was like, oh man, you know, I validated all that you really wanted to keep playing with the shovel and building and the timer went off and it's, it was, sounds like it was really abrupt. It happened really fast where she took the shovel from your hands and it sounds like maybe you were trying to figure out what to do so that you could have more time with the shovel. And I was like, hmm. I'm wondering if when she took the shovel from your hands, you called her stupid because you were feeling disappointed or frustrated. And so your body reacted really fast. And he was like, well, it hurts my feelings when she takes the shovel. And I was like, oh, yeah, it hurts your feelings when she takes the shovel from you and you're still using it. And you said something that would hurt her feelings. And I know that you're a really kind kiddo and hurting somebody's feelings doesn't feel good in your heart. I know that. I've done things before that hurt other people's feelings and I know how it feels in my heart. And just like paused there and let that sit. And he was like, well, I want another turn with the shuffle. (laughs) He's like, well, come on, lady, let's get back to solving this problem. And I was like, all right, let's figure out what we can do or what might work to happen next. 
And I was like, okay, we, we talked about what scenario had already been set up and they had set this timer. They had agreed on that for her to have a turn with the big shovel. And so the next step was allowing him to feel disappointed about not getting the big shovel. And I let him know, if you need help when you're feeling disappointed, I can help you. And then when you're ready, we can figure out what you can do next. Since you can't play with the big shovel, we can figure out together what you can do. But it's really hard to figure that out when you're feeling really disappointed and your body isn't ready to figure that out yet. So let me know if you want to hug or you want to take a break and play in the waves and then come back and solve this problem. And he was like, we can play just us. And I was like, yeah, buddy, we can play just us. And so we went and we played in the waves for a little bit. And then after playing, he was like, I know, maybe I can use the bucket and the small shovel and together I can scoop stuff from the small shovel to the bucket and then I can use it kind of like a big shovel. But he needed time and space to figure that out. And really what I, my goal for him here is to learn that when he's feeling disappointed, he can calm his body before we move on to how to problem solve or what happens next. And it won't happen immediately. He'll probably say stupid again and again until we continue with this pattern and teaching him what he can do in those moments instead. But if I would have punished him for calling her stupid, then he would have every reason to continue to lie to me going forward about whether or not he calls her stupid. Because if he lies and I don't find out and he gets away with it, then he's not in trouble. But if he tells me the truth and he's in trouble anyway, it's not worth it to tell the truth. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. 
If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. When we were playing in the waves and kind of calming down and whatnot, and, and then he solved the problem, afterwards, when we were walking back to get the small shovel in the bucket, I said to him, I was like, buddy, I wonder how her heart is feeling after you called her stupid. I'm, I'm just wondering how that might feel for her. And he, I didn't have to tell him what to do in any capacity. He went up to her when they, they were like playing near each other then with the shovels in the bucket. And he said, I'm sorry. I said, stupid. I was really disappointed. (laughs) I was like, yep, this is exactly like, this is awesome. And she was like, it's okay. And just went on like shoveling and playing. I think so often we really want to make sure that we're raising these kind, respectful humans and we're afraid that if they're lying or they're doing something like saying you're stupid and then lying about it, that we're failing in raising kind, respectful humans. And in actuality, if we continue to punish them, they won't build this toolbox. But if we can connect with them, we can support them in building a different toolbox. Some of my favorite phrases around lying are, I'm not mad at you. I'm asking what happened because I want to help you. Or, I feel upset about what happened because I want to keep you safe. Like if a kid lies about a safety thing and then you're visibly upset, I want to let them know, I feel upset about what happened because I want to keep you safe. When you are honest with me, it tells me that you trust me, and I'm so grateful for your trust and honesty. I want you to feel safe telling me the truth. I will work to stay calm so that I can support you. I will love you even when you make mistakes. It's more important to me that I know so that we can figure out what to do differently next time. And lastly, Sometimes I will feel disappointed or scared, sad or angry. It's okay for me to feel those things. I can calm my body down and feel proud and excited and calm and happy again. You don't have to keep me from feeling the hard stuff. Sometimes kids lie to protect us because they're afraid of our reactions and how we might feel. And I want to let them know I have the toolbox to regulate myself So you aren't in charge of protecting me. I was chatting about this within our village, and I got a few of these comments that I loved. Someone said, my nine-year-old has voiced on several occasions that she likes talking to me over other adults because even when she's scared, embarrassed, or worried, she knows she can trust that I won't punish or have a retribution-seeking response. This strategy really works. Someone else said, I've been trying to instill this in my kids since they were little, that there's nothing that you can tell me that will make me mad if you tell me the truth, but I cannot help you if you don't tell me the truth. Come on over to Instagram at seed.and.sew. It's a free group for us to connect where we can continue this conversation. You can provide some follow-up questions and Let me know what else comes up for you with lying. What comes up from your childhood? 
What are you carrying narrative-wise around this? And how does it inform how you react in the moment or your desire to punish or control a situation in hopes of curbing lying? The thing that we know from the research is that when kids are punished for having lied or when we're turning to punishments, Kids are more likely to lie in the future, and it does not build a toolbox for what else to do next time. All right, folks, come on over to Instagram to continue this conversation. I love diving into these topics with you. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the transcript at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community over on Instagram hanging out every day with more free content? Come join us at seed.and.so, S-E-W. Take a screenshot of you tuning in, share it on the gram, and tag seed.and.so to let me know your key takeaway. If you're digging this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We love collaborating with you to raise emotionally intelligent humans. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.